Relating to Self. A podcast that helps you create a better relationship with yourself. Hey, I'm Joachim. Welcome. Do you realize that there is only one relationship that you will always be in? The relationship with yourself. Improving that relationship changes everything. On this podcast, I share my thoughts and I invite real people to have vulnerable conversations about how they relate to themselves and what we can learn from that. In today's episode, I have a conversation with Ru, who created Scenario Cards, meaningful conversation starters that get you closer to what really matters to you. Enjoy. Hey, Ru, lovely that you're here. Thank you for coming on. I would like to start with telling the people who listen who you are. And I'm going to do that by telling them who you are to me specifically. I believe, and this may be wrong, I believe we first met in the Sandbox Global Summit in the south of Spain. Uh, that was the summer of 2019. And then my most alive memories of you were during the retreat that I hosted at the end of 2019, which was a year in review retreat uh, in Portugal. Uh, not far from Lisbon, where you also attended. And um, after that, we, we stayed in touch. And now I know you mostly as the person behind uh, the wonderful question cards that you are going to be able to speak about uh, later. And so I feel you are a fellow seeker. You are a fellow searcher for truth and for meaning. And I think you have a beautiful way of showing up for that, both for yourself and to the world. So this is why I asked you to be on this conversation. Welcome. Thank you, Joachim. Yeah, I think I think we met in um, in Wakana, indeed, and um, it was a, a pivotal moment, point in my life because it was actually the first real touch point with Sandbox for me. And Sandbox um, was for me. The first time where I really felt at home. And that was a big realization that I could also live my life differently. I'd always lived my life in the perspective of approval and in the perspective of status. And I never really asked myself the question, how do I want my life to look like? And then going there and, and meeting people who had answered that question from for themselves in all different ways it was very inspiring. And I remember you in particular, Joachim, because your lifestyle was very appealing to me. You are you were not so much tied to one location and you were pursuing something which you really enjoyed. And before Wakana, I thought it was impossible. Uh, but hearing you tell so vividly and so openly and so relaxed about it, it's like, wow, I now have someone to look up to and to be inspired by and knowing that it was doable um, made me also able to pursue these these goals and um, yeah it was beautiful then to have this moment in, in Portugal together where I was looking back on that same year and it was a tough one but you being there and inspiring me to think bigger and to to dream bigger and then to set new goals and now looking back on those two years, I think I'm I'm 
I'm almost there as in the view I had in Wakana, like being inspired by you and, and some others. Um, yeah, it's just uh, wonderful to, to see how that impacted my life. So um, you have been a, a big part of uh, that journey. And I thank you a lot for that. Amazing. That's beautiful to hear. Thank you so much for sharing that, Earl. Mm, juicy. Great. So let's dive into relating to self. When, when I say relating to self, you know, what does that mean to you? What comes up for you? Yeah. Um, so many things. Wow. So many things. Start yeah. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I think it's you've been you've been sharing this multiple times, and and I agree. It's it's the relationship we have with ourselves. Um, and to be honest, I it's it's a, been a big, big journey for me and still is that I, I'm really, really super hard on myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think this, 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 um, this moment of, of realization came like six months ago where I realized like, wow, there's also another way of relating to myself, which is way more loving, uh, which is, um, that it's okay to be mediocre. You don't have to be the best. Uh, you don't have to uh, ruin yourself with work and with, with sports and with whatever competition you want to win. But it's also okay to just be who you are and, and appreciate that. And I think it's a pattern in my life where I, like I, I tend to feel that I'm not good enough. And that has a big, big relation uh, or effect on, on how I relate to myself. But now that I know that this is a pattern, I can relate to that better and and find ways in which I can love myself more. And by pursuing that, I feel that so much in my life is changing, how I look out into life, but also how I relate to other people. Wow. Mm. Um, Beautiful. uh, It's a beautiful process. But for me, I feel I'm still in the beginning. Mm. Yeah, that's super interesting because... Well, you point at something that I think many people have, this idea of like not being good enough and as a driver to to keep doing new things, to keep improving their lives. Um, but you say that for you, you realized about six months ago that you were really hard on yourself and that you could be more loving. What What happened six months ago? Was there some specific moment in which you felt like a shift in your mindset towards yourself? Yeah, there were a few moments that sort of fell together. Um... I, last year, my goal was to get a bit closer to my parents. Um, And we share a very loving relationship, but I also felt some things were off and I just wanted to to deepen that relationship. So I made a list of questions and I called it something like uh, questions I want to ask my parents before they pass away. Mm. And it was really deep and... Uh, I first started with my father because I, I felt I had the the most comfortable re- way of relating to him. And it was uh, beautiful. He visited Berlin. And and at some point, I, I also wanted to pursue this with my mother, but it felt very difficult. And um, I thought I had the same relationship to her as I had to my father. But though, like in exploring 
these questions, I, I noticed that there, there was this pattern where I, um, I, I kept not feeling good enough in her eyes. Um, and um, yeah, so that was a big realization. And um, I used it as a, as a point to, to reflect and to, to see like, hey, what moments in the past did I not feel good enough? What happened? How did I feel? Um, how am I projecting that on my current life now? And um, I, I was seeing a girl at the moment and I noticed that a lot of the things I was projecting on her, like I was being super um, needy. Uh, and it just all came from this, 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 this feeling of not feeling good enough and I needed her approval. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it, it became a very unbalanced um, relationship. Um, and then I started seeing in, in different parts of my life where, like, especially in work, um, that I like perfectionism. Um, yeah, so that's that's when sort of the my inner research came from like, wow, not feeling good enough. What What is there for me? And now I'm at a point that I've, have sort of discovered that and I want to move more into, okay, now I know that I sometimes not feel good enough. What can I do to embrace that and grow from there into a more loving relationship with myself? Mm, beautiful. I really love how you explain how you use questions to come to self-exploration. And I'm, I'm sure that's something that will come up quite often in this conversation. But I'm really curious also about That list of questions you wrote, I think it's incredible, this concept of having a list of questions that you want to ask your parents before they die. I think that's such a beautiful, poetic concept. How did you come up with that? Um, we had a men's circle. So there's a, a group of men in Berlin, again, all related to Sandbox. And we had a, a very vulnerable open sharing about parents. And um, it made me realize that I'm actually very grateful that I still have very good contact with my parents. There's a very loving relationship. Um, it's open, it's honest, it's truthful. And um, speaking some, to some of the others, I realized like some parents passed away. Other people had like very troubled relationships. And uh, I know it's like, hey, I just, I just, why do I find it so difficult to just tell them that I love them? Mm. Like, why am I projecting myself as a child to them and not as a friend? So what can I do to become more of a friend with them instead of going back in this little child role and then not feeling good enough? And then, so yeah, just this idea came like, what if they passed away? What, what would I really regret not asking? And then the questions that came up were just so powerful. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I think what comes up for me when you say that is when it comes to relating to parents, I feel perhaps one of the reasons why it's difficult to express this love that we have for them is because, well, for me at least, I didn't understand that it's possible to love someone and still think that a lot of what they did wasn't okay and still hold certain pain about what happened in the past and so it feels to me as if like expressing that love would negate 
all the other things that I feel are also true about my parents. And I know now that that's not true, but I wonder if that's also something that resonates for you. Is is there this idea, like this multiplicity of everything we can experience and feel for one person at the same time, I feel is often the most obvious in our relationship with our parents. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if I understand you well, but um, may I ask you to, to re rephrase the question? Sure, yeah. Um, when I heard you speak about how it was difficult for you to communicate your love to your parents, what came up for me was that that was true for me as well. I think that's extremely difficult. And one of the reasons that I think I have identified why this is so difficult is because it feels that saying I love you to someone negates all the negative things that that person represents in your life. Mm. And I know now that that's not true. It's very possible to feel like, look, what you did to me in certain ways was not okay. Uh, I have traumas about my relationship with my parents. At the same time, I also love you. There is no, there is no, it's not, a, it's like a paradox, really. There is no um, antithesis between these two statements. So I was wondering if for you that is the same, if you feel like maybe the reason that it's difficult to say I love you to your parents has to do with the fact that there are certain things that you maybe haven't come to terms with completely. Mm. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, to be honest, what I haven't come to terms with is that not feeling good enough has been originated from the relationship with, I have to my parents. So showing that I love them is like the ultimate moment of possible rejection. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah. Um, and there's another part where this is a projection I have, but I, I feel the relationship I have with my parents and also more generally a society is that love and loving someone could also include their weaknesses and the, all the crap that happened in the, in the past. And um, so that's why I sometimes find it difficult to express to my parents that I felt a certain way. Um, because I'm afraid that they uh, will see it as a, as a rejection, which is a projection of myself because I'm afraid to get a rejection uh, also. <laughs> so yeah, there's still a lot of work to be done there. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I, I guess this is the core of a lot of the reasons why I believe relating to self is important as a path, uh, because there is so much to learn from the ways in which we were wounded and the ways we had conflicts and the ways we had trauma, uh, especially when growing up. Mm -hmm. But that makes me curious about something else. Um, I wonder if you could tell me about a moment in which you feel that you both embodied and expressed love for yourself strongly. Um. I really enjoy my morning walks and I really, I've been doing it quite recently for the past few weeks. Uh, there's a little um, cemetery close to my house mm -hmm. uh, and it's, um, 
like I was used to the Dutch cemeteries, which are quite packed with graves, but here in Berlin, they are more wide and open spread and with a lot of nature, more like a park. But it's very secluded and not people, many people use it. So there's a lot of bird sounds and, and little squirrels. Uh, so I, I go there every morning and I uh, do my meditation there. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm, I'm doing it for me. I'm also telling it myself like, hey, this is a celebration for me. And it's, it's also in, in a way a celebration of life. Because I'll tell myself like, yeah, one day I'll be lying in the ground too like we're all gonna die mm. um and um we might not be even remembered and I, i'm saying that in, in a very beautiful way and i it makes me very happy to hear the birds and to see the squirrels and to realize i'm all part of this little play and mm. uh, it makes me realize i shouldn't be so serious about um Things that seem to be big, like work, achievement, money, and be more embracing of of myself and of the the, the gift of life, basically. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I love that. I love that meditation in cemeteries to remind yeah. yourself of the gratitude for the gift of life. I think that's absolutely beautiful. Rul. Thank you. And by the way, I remember that cemetery because we went for a walk there once oh, when I was in Berlin and I came to your place. So it's nice to have that in the talk as well. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of um, routines and, and habits. And I think this beautiful morning routine of going for a walk in a cemetery is um, meaningful. And that brings me to another interesting topic you mentioned meditation obviously so could you tell me more about the the function or the meaning of meditation in your life yeah it's really big yeah um understanding myself better for a big part is understanding my mind better and my thoughts better and being better able to understand my mind makes it also better makes me also more easy to understand people better i guess um it makes me able to accept difficult emotions or feelings um and see them in the same light as happiness which is also an emotion um it helps me to be way more balanced with life to embrace uncertainty and to celebrate the the imminent changing nature of life. Um, and apart from that, it's, it's a beautiful routine in my life that every morning I sit for 20 minutes with myself. Um, and oftentimes it's quite difficult. Hmm. but I can look at that difficulty uh, not from a perspective of I'm having difficulty, but there is difficulty. And yeah, this practice is, has been bringing me a lot um, of routine, but also insight in myself and thus in all other people. Yeah. That's so beautiful. There's, there's so much in what you said. I love it. I really like this concept. Yeah. Sorry. 
I'm a bit surprised that, that I'm that I'm. Um, it's so like the words that just came out. It felt so true to me. Mm. Um, yeah, it was Wonderful. very. It was thanks for this question. <laughs> yeah, no, you're very welcome. So I, I would love to dig a bit deeper in a few of these thick concepts. Like the one thing you said that I loved was this reframe from "I have difficulties" to "There are difficulties." I think that's absolutely genius. And then also the way that you created a connection between meditation, understanding yourself, understanding your mind, and thus also understanding others better, which is a kind of empathy, I guess. And then also acceptance of the fact that, you know, everything changes, life is temporary and so on. So it feels like there's, um, there's a lot of stuff going on there during meditation for you, a lot of insights that have grown. Um, would you say that you have gotten there because you followed a certain path into meditation? Is there a certain meditation school that you have engaged in? Uh, what's your vision on meditation? Or did you just sit down by yourself and, and see what happened? Yeah, it, it's, um, I've always been kind of fascinated by it, but there, are, there are, is this, this 10 day silent retreat, this Vipassana that really got me into it. Mm. Um, and I did it the year before I, the year before my graduation. Uh, so it's already seven years ago, I did my first and, um, seven years ago, six or seven years ago. And um, it was just a fascination, like what would happen to me if I sit there for 10 days in silence, meditating 10 hours a day, uh, I was just super curious what would happen to me. Um, and it also forced me to download Headspace, like this is a meditation guiding app. It's like, oh, wow, I'm going to meditate a lot there. I need to practice. Mm. Um so that was, that was my first big touch point to meditation. Uh, I, um, I've done two more since. Um, but since last year, so since 2020, I decided that this, it would, would be helpful if I could make this into a daily practice. Um, because I felt just going to Vipassana retreats was great. But it was it, it it became more of like a, a plaster, like a healing plaster. Mm -hmm. And I could like move on for like a few more few for like a year, and then I needed another one. Whereas with a, with a daily practice, you it becomes more of a a, a healer um, and a, a tool. Mm, again, I love that concept of moving from meditation as something that helps you cope to something that prevents you from needing coping mechanisms. Mm. I think that's beautiful. Um, yeah, so Vipassana, I've, I've always been fascinated by the concept. I've never gone to one myself. Um, they scare me somehow. I think there's a, there's a physical aspect. I'm not afraid of the meditation because I meditate every day, but there's a physical aspect of sitting for so long every day for 10 days that seems difficult for me so i've resisted that very much um i'm curious though so all this all this meditation for you what would be the biggest benefit of meditation when it comes to the relationship that you have with yourself i think the biggest benefit is 
not so much in the meditation itself, but in the in the effects of meditation. So when when something unexpectedly happens in my life, I'm very well. I'm way more able to um, be aware of what happens in my body and in my mind in that moment. Um, and because I'm more aware, I don't snap or I don't react instinctively. I can sit for a moment like, wow, I'm getting angry. Wow, I noticed that uh, I'm sad. Okay, why am I being sad? Ah, because I didn't show or express my boundary or my desire. Okay, so what do I need to do? Express my desire or boundary. Whereas whereas in the years before meditation, I would just snap or just... Uh, um, which is come down comes down to um, not being in tune with myself. So wow, yeah. Does that also apply to relationship with yourself? Because I imagine when you speak about snapping, you mostly speak about how you relate to others, and I wonder if if there's a similar mechanism there that meditation allowed you to be more spacious or compassionate towards yourself when you do things that maybe are not exactly what you want at first. Yes. Yeah, first of all, I think reacting to others is also about myself, like mm. not snapping to to other people and being aware of what I need and expressing that is also a way for me, in a way, relating to self because I can be more understanding of, of what my what I need. I think for me as an individual, I'm more quick, quickly able to notice when I'm overworked, uh, when I'm in moments of stress uh, and also when I'm in, in moments of extreme happiness. So I'm, I'm more aware of what I need and also what I need to give myself. Giving it to myself still is difficult. <laughs> I must admit. Like I can still be super hard for myself and say like, yeah, I know I'm stressed, but I want to finish this. Um, but it's definitely, a, it's definitely a journey. Yeah. Definitely getting better. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I really like that. So, what would you say is still difficult for you in relating to yourself? Like, where are the pain points? Because it feels like, from what you're saying, that you already came quite a long way since since we've first met. Let's say. So, what what is still the most difficult for you? Um feeling good enough in the face of rejection. Mm. I still oftentimes um, find it easier to not express my boundary because, because of the fear of rejection than sharing how I feel. Mm. Um, because I just want to Yeah, I, I'm, I just want to, um, and what happens is that oftentimes I, I'd rather be alone because I know that when I'm by myself, I won't disturb anyone. I won't be disturbed. Like the pattern I noticed, what I'm trying to break away from is that I, I just escape rejection in every possible way. Um, And I still find it very, very difficult to speak my mind and my heart if that might mean that someone disagrees 
right? That might mean that someone gets angry or mad. Um, and realizing that has nothing to do with me and has everything to do with them. And yeah, that's still something I'm, I'm working on. It's very difficult for me. Sounds very relatable. Yeah, I know how you feel. I guess that's one of the most difficult parts also for me when, you know, like you, I come from a, from a background of never feeling good enough and I still struggle with that at times as well. So thank you for sharing that. I wonder though, because you are aware of the fact that this is your, your difficulty in relating to yourself, what is it that you do to surmount that? Like, do you have plan or a process to help yourself in to grow in that yeah i really enjoy talking to people about this who are in similar situations um and to to be co-regulated in my emotions and feelings and to be held space for um exploring what's going on and likewise also to give space to other people who are who are Finding, finding difficulty in expressing their um, their desires and boundaries in face of rejection because it allows me to see myself in them and to basically coach them and this coaching myself. I really, really enjoy having these conversations lately and it is the first tiny step because I realize, I mean, I'm, I'm calling very close friends or people that are close to me that I trust to openly share and be vulnerable. Um, and they helped me to, to make the first step. So as an example, I, um, I decided that in, in April, I will start digital nomading mm. inspired by you, Joachim. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, um, had this opportunity to go to Guatemala and it felt intuitively right but I got so scared and I just didn't, I, I didn't really know why. And I called Hanin. You, um, I believe you're also doing a podcast with her. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I found out that it just, that I was not, I was in, insecure about if I would belong there. And what we came up with is like, Hey, I can just call them and say like, Hey, could you tell me a bit more about yourself? Because I feel very anxious, but knowing that I could be rejected or laughed away, was so scary, but being sharing that with a friend in Anin in this, in this situation, it felt just amazing. And I, um, I said, her, Hey, can I call you back in five minutes? <laughs> in these five minutes, I, uh, I called, uh, called the Guatemala friends and I just shared my feelings. Uh, and it was beautiful. So this is a little bit, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I forgot the question, but this is what I do to, uh, to navigate this, this journey a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I think there is nothing more powerful than an honest share, mm-hmm. like just telling what is true for you, what is real for you, what you feel without judgment or without story about what the other person will feel about that or how they will react to that. I think that's incredibly powerful and really hard to do, as you say. And I honor you for, 
understanding that what you need to get there is to speak with a friend and have them support you. And I think that's so important to know how to ask for help. Mm. That's another one of my pain points, actually. <laughs> but so I, I really like that, the way you navigate your difficulties with others. Uh, that's that's great. Thank you. Mm. I wonder if besides meditation and getting help from friends, if you have any other like practices or rituals or routines that help you create a better relationship to yourself? I do evening walks. I find it so difficult to answer this question, Joachim, because I, what I notice with self-love is that the power lies in, in the intention of the, the action. Mm. So I can, I can go to a gym or I can have a cold shower and I can enjoy the feeling. Uh, but if, if I don't do it with an intention of, Hey, I'm going to the gym because I love myself and then celebrating that and then enjoying the fact that I'm lifting weights, it, it doesn't have the same, it doesn't have the same, um, power. If I just like, Hey, I need to go to the gym to, to, to be handsome and to, <laughs> to <manage. laughs> right. So like when you ask me this question and it's like, Hey, I, I do a lot of stuff that make me feel good, but I, I find difficulty in, in doing it as, as a, as a celebration. Mm. Um, so I'm doing evening walks, like before I go to bed, I brush my teeth I do everything to get ready. And then I do a walk of like 40 minutes outside. And when I go back, I go to bed. Um, with meals, I try to be super conscious and not be distracted by a screen or by just me and me and the meal and celebrating the, the origin of the food. And um, I think my next step is just to, to relate to, to combine it with the intention that I am doing it for myself rather than it's just a routine or a habit. Um, and the moments where I did do it as part of an intention it becomes so much more powerful. It's just a few words, it's maybe a visualization, but it's, yeah. And I'm, I'm missing that at the moment. Mm. Thank you so much for bringing it up. I think that's a wonderful point and very important. Indeed. There are many practices that, like you say, it could be just a habit, like going to the gym could be, could be a habit, right? But that doesn't really change your relationship to yourself unless you make it so. And I think for myself, I've identified another factor that is really important besides intention. Uh, and I wonder what you think about that is like, for me, even when I have the intention to do something with um, the idea of improving my relationship to myself, I still feel that it becomes a lot more powerful if at the same time I also practice gratitude. So intention, I will do this because I love myself. And then when I do it, or while I do it even, practicing gratitude or thank you, Joachim, for doing this for yourself. And that changes everything. Beautiful. And while you're saying this, I'm, I'm instantly going back to my morning walks and evening walks. Mm. And I notice that I'm doing it subconsciously. Mm. Like when I've done my morning meditation at the cemetery, I'm so grateful that I feel the wind and I hear the birds and I can like watch 10 minutes, our squirrel eats a nut. 
<laughs> you know? um, so yeah, thanks for sharing this and making it a little bit more um, tangible. Um, mm. Because I do feel that that if it's if you can put it in words a bit more, so intention, gratitude. What's the first step again? Intention. intention. Yeah. yeah, I think intention and gratitude combined are really powerful for doing things for yourself. Yeah, yeah and from there comes forgiveness, I guess, also. Hmm. How is that for you? Yeah, forgiveness is a very important pillar. For me, that is separated from the idea of like what I do with myself to improve my relationship with myself, as in like, you know, going to the gym or making myself a nice cup of tea. Forgiveness is a practice that I engage in, I would say, very often. Um, well, it's two things, of course. It's one, it's a practice, just like meditation. So I have a ritual for forgiveness, a very simple ritual that I engage in once in a while. And I feel that's a very powerful way of releasing tension in myself. But at the same time, just like with meditation, I feel meditation trains awareness, as you beautifully said. So during the day, if you meditate often, you will feel more awareness to everything you're doing. In the same way, I feel my forgiveness practice, this ritual I do, allows me to, in the moment, as soon as I feel that I'm judging myself for something, that triggers this idea of like, wait a second, I can forgive myself because I have that habit of doing that. So yeah, it's related. But I think it's different from doing things for yourself with intention. But I'm very glad you you bring up um, forgiveness because that's definitely one of my three pillars of having great relationship with yourself. Uh, the other two being compassion and gratitude. Yeah. So, Rul, before we head off, I would love to ask you one more question, which is a difficult question and a question that maybe you've heard before. Um, I would love to know, besides everything that I've already asked you, what would have been the question that you would have loved to receive? Yeah. This is so beautiful, Joachim. I... I, uh, it's a beautiful question. It's a really beautiful question. Um, I noticed in a few split seconds that I like, wow, I really want to talk about the topic, but instantly there was like a self rejection. It's like, yeah, this is, uh, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> wow. And I was like, wow, a realization like, Hey, what just happened? Um, so what happened is that I really felt I wanted to share a little bit more about my story. Uh, about scenario cards and how that unfolded into into what it is now and how yeah, from from the moment we met until now how sort of this reframe about my life turned into building a better life for myself and inspiring others to to also pursue a more meaningful life and conversations and at the same time it's like yeah we'll, this call is not meant for that <laughs> right <laughs> I'm rejecting myself for having yeah. any but I'm glad I was aware and I was able to share. So Beautiful. I love how this is like relating to self in action live. <laughs> and it ties in beautifully to my final question, because uh, to it. end this conversation, I would love to ask you, um, you know, what it is that you would love to share with the audience? 
what can you bring to the people listening to this yeah so what i what i i'm super grateful <laughs> back to gratefulness i'm super grateful that this adventure of the past two years so a little bit of context like two years ago i i had a bit of a burnout i wasn't there all the way but that was a good start and um i was super unhappy i was like i said in the beginning i was my life was very focused around approval and around career and i thought that freedom came from having a lot of money and a lot of money came from having a successful career and status so happiness for me was very tied to success and uh, and uh, and power um and um yeah i got a burnout and i realized like hey this is not this is not bringing happiness to me at least and i started doing a lot of therapy but it was quite expensive so i just decided like i'm just going to do the, the re this research on my own and i read a lot of books and i had a lot of beautiful conversations and um yeah i um i, ma I made this list of questions which are very powerful and i shared these became my pillars are in in living a more meaningful life and i noticed people were coming towards me like hey dude you had this burnout right i'm also having a difficulty at my job what did you do to to get out of that and i had like yeah i have this list of questions i can i can give it to you mm. <laughs> uh, and that's a little bit how scenario cards started going is what i'm pursuing right now and i'm um, i realized more and more that i can actually be a vehicle for others to inspire them to live a, a more meaningful, purposeful life. Um, not so much by coaching them, but by giving them the tools to have better conversations with themselves and the people around them. And that's, that's scenario cards. Um, yeah. Amazing. I love it. Um, I can't wait to, to get mine. Finally, I think that would probably take a while through customs and stuff as well but be on the way, to be honest I, I don't think i think you will have them soon excellent great if people are interested where can they find scenario cards uh instagram at scenario cards and uh, there will be a link uh on there if, if they want to purchase and if not that's also awesome <laughs> <laughs> wonderful i will make sure to share it as well for people who are listening so they can find you Thank you so much, Rul, for this conversation. Thank you, Joachim. I must say that it, um, it, uh, it comes very natural to be vulnerable around you. And I really like the way you ask questions and you allow and give space to me to, to share what comes up. So I'm also very curious to re-listen to this and see it as a, as a beautiful mirror, an echo. So I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. Amazing. I love it. Thank you, Rul. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe to the podcast. You can also read more of my thoughts on Twitter. I will post a link in the description. And if you are interested in improving your relationship with yourself, please subscribe to my email list at relatingtoself.com. I will then send you meditations, rituals, practices, and more of these beautiful conversations. Thanks. Thanks.